Attention shoppers, there are a wide variety of Crossrip items available in the gift shop. Sweatshirts, smartphone covers, an exclusive t-shirt designed by Dapper Dan Shonen of IDW Comics fame, and more on the way. All proceeds go towards our servers, so this remains the only ad you hear on the show. Go to GhostbustersHQ.net slash shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend. Hey there, fellow conductors of the Metaphysical Examination, and welcome to the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip Podcast for the week of October 1st, 2018. This week on the show, we have some updates on Ghostbusters World. There's a beta out there in the wild. We've got some uh, Ghostbusters Fan Fest updates. We're going to talk about Playmobil with the new Ecto-1A. And then we're also going to talk about your Ghostbusters companion films. We'll announce the winner of our IGT giveaway contest in this episode. Stay tuned. Still Playing With Toys presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. Oh, we have fun. Woo! This is Halloween. I was going to say, for those of you tuning in, it is very obviously October now. Uh, Halloween, Halloween. And we're we're not talking about Oktoberfests. That's also something. I pitched words. I don't remember. (laughs) Seen the movie several times. I was going to say, speaking of copyright infringement, Disney is (laughs) litigious. They're litigious. They'll be out for us. Hey, Uh, I got a cease and desist from Charles Schultz's people. You can't scare me. (laughs) Do your worst. Do your Um, worst. Yeah, but uh, so hey, happy October for the the first podcast of October, uh, mm-hmm. quite literally on October first. So uh, happy yeah. happy Halloween season. Um, so we've got a we got a really fun show. Uh, we have a lot of your voices on this show. We've got um, some so voicemails, many. many many voicemails because we are going to be talking about your companion films to Ghostbusters. We solicited your uh, favorite companion films uh, in, in a shameless effort to uh, try to find some way to give away some IGT stuff that they gave us and you guys really answered in droves and it was awesome so we have a whole bunch of voicemails we're going to play for you um, and uh, yeah we'll uh, we'll get into some news there's some fun news stuff at the top of the show here too so uh, let's let's do it what do you say yes hey guys Peter I have some news from the world of Gozer I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to turn your head multiplanar curly and emanation well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. All right, Chris, uh, let's start off with a fun news item here that um, it, I, I want to say that we missed it last week, but I think it actually happened after we recorded. It did. Um, so uh, Playmobil, our, our friends that have a lot of uh, amazing stuff that they've been coming out with over the last uh, two years now, I guess it's been, it's been a while. Um, they have confirmed, uh, via a German, uh, catalog publication, one of their little soliciting, uh, flyer things that they, uh, put out in Germany, uh, that they will be doing an Ecto 1A next year, as well as, uh, the four guys, I want to say at six inches each. So they're going to do their big mini, um, big mini figs, big, what, what should we call them? Oversized figures. Yeah. Basically. I'm not even sure they're called minifigs because that might just be a Lego. Uh, yeah. I don't think they can. Yeah. I don't um, think they can say minifigs, huh? But you know, the Playmobil stiff arm, stiff legged, um, uh, stylized characters. I don't, uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't have it in front of me. Dang it. I'm so prepared. Um, <laughs> it may have the four guys, but two of them are out already. 
like when the first wave came out. It was out. Peter and Ray because I, I saw and that Ray, and I was yeah. like, I feel like they already had six inch figures that came out. So it's, uh, it's just the other two guys then? Or, front and center. Uh, yes, it's Winston and it looks like... Winston. <laughs> we, we, you bring up a good point because I'm kind of glad that uh, uh, Playmobil is really giving Ghostbusters 2 some love here. Oh yeah, Egon. Yeah. Okay, so it was uh, Peter and Ray were the first two that they had before. Yep. And it's Winston and Egon who are the two new new guys. Um, and they're really soliciting that along with this Ecto-1A, which looks pretty great. It's got the satellite dish. Um, it's kind of tough to see because the photos that we have are, are fairly low res, but um, but it looks like it comes with the pink slime and all of the stickers uh, accordingly. And yep. yeah, that original Ecto-1 that they did was so awesome that the 1A, I'm sure, is going to be even better. Uh, so Yeah, I, when I posted this one, some people were questioning, and they did last time too, question the price tag, which is what was it like not a lot 25 bucks something like that uh for the original uh well maybe let's see i'm looking it's in german i don't see a price listed anywhere here uh it certainly wasn't any more expensive than like the high-end hot wheels elite which oh was no yeah way way more expensive and strangely uh, even though it is plastic even though it is detailed down in ways to make it a Playmobil thing. You and I talked about this before. This is easily one of the better Ectos that have ever come out. Oh, it's it's great. I mean, the lights, the whatever the, the mechanics the that siren. they're using for oh, the yeah. lights and the siren are, are awesome. Um, you know, they the, the level of detailing for a car, it's... Take the Kenner uh, Ecto-1 and amp that to 11. That's basically kind of what it is. It's like the cartoon stylized version of the Ecto... But yeah. it just, it's just, it's such a great car. So, I mean, the fact that they're doing an Ecto-1A, they've they've already got my money because I have a soft spot for the Ecto-1A. I always have. <laughs> and I just, I, it's cool. I mean, again, it's it's showing that they're continuing their, I don't want to say support because they're um, they're making money off of this. It's a commercial they're endeavor. They're continuing their attention to detail. Yeah, attention to detail and it's... Attention to the franchise. And even though they are re-releasing basically a new a re-release of a car that they've already done before, just with a different roof rack and different stickers. Uh, it's, yeah. it's nice that they are doing that. Um, I will say I'm looking at it here now at the Playmobil box and then nearby is the original Kenner. And I don't think I've seen anybody do it. And I'm a little surprised that nobody's like, uh, what do you call it? When people, uh, movies used to make, uh, their spaceships out of, uh, other model oh, kits. Like model, model bashing, kit bashing. Bashing, kit yeah. bashing. Thank yeah. you. Nobody's like bashed the two together. Like the Kenner is pretty darn cool, but if you can like get the the runner lights rather than the blue plastic bar that was on the Kenners, if you can get the, the, the lights off of the Playmobil and the roof rack with the sound, to, you know, to uh, instead of the, um, the, the seat yeah. on top of the Kenner one, like, man. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I feel like there are, there's a lot of really great people out there that have done like custom paint jobs to their Kenner Ecto ones and, yeah. uh, and the firehouses. There was one guy who did a really bang up job where you could like, you put oh, the detailing yeah. in the bricks and, and the, I think that's going to be a big thing for the next little while, particularly as everybody kind of wants it, but getting an original is getting too expensive. I think you're going to see more and more of people grabbing, uh, well loved, 
fire yeah. halls and cars and all that. And then t- like the, uh, the, I don't think we talked about it here, but somebody, uh, repainted the, uh, the original Kenner Ghostbusters, like re-sculpted out. Maybe we did talk about this, re-sculpted out, uh, Egon's hair a bit because it wasn't quite as bouffanty. Oh, yeah, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. And then repainted on the details, like, cause you know, they, when it came time to do it, they were, it was like, uh, (laughs) was it paint for the? I think they molded the uh, the the body out of the uniform color, and then everything else was a detail, and it would kind of scrape off after a while and all yeah, that. Yeah, kind of and all they the went, coloration. My Winston was a mess. Yeah, because that, and that they, lighter color just dissipated. Yeah, and they kind of kept it limited. So if you were putting like a dark brown on the boots, it would be the dark brown that would be, uh, you know, used in other places. And like, they didn't. <laughs> the more paint detail you put on, the more expensive it got. So they didn't go over the top. Whereas they cleaned up these the models and repainted them head to toe, like everything, like detail and wash on the boots so the laces stood out and all this sort of thing. Like just really made the Kenners popped. Like they didn't even modify them much, with the exception of Egon's hair. They didn't really, really mod them much at all. Yeah, and uh, like those were fantastic. And like you said, the fire hall that got painted. And yes, I have seen people uh, touch up and clean up and repaint the. Like, uh, like really seriously, like really get it cleaned and, uh, you know, get the scrapes out and all that, and then go at it with, uh, you know, practically automotive finish. Yeah. Like chroming and stuff out like the that. bumpers and. Chroming out the yeah, bumpers. Totally. And, yeah. Uh, um, we're, we're a crafty bunch, us Ghostbusters fans. That's for sure. We sure are. Uh, we had more time. Anyway. <laughs> that is part. We're a crafty bunch with not a lot of free time. At least some of us don't have a whole lot of free time. Um, what I like, uh, and I don't want to derail things too much. You know what? Stick a pin in it. I think this is officially oh. going to be my uh, final thought. All right. I'll try to remember to, to coax your memory. Oh, I'm going to make a note. I'm all right. Make a note. Make a note. Uh, well, while you do that, uh, w- the next news item is, is actually kind of fun because, um, well, let, let, me, let me phrase it this way, Chris. Uh, if I were to say the name Michael Ovitz. Uh, would you know who I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. I mean, you're you're a connoisseur of the the Ghostbusters history, so uh, I, I I figured as much. I didn't figure you'd be like, who? What? I don't know that person. But I would not proclaim myself an expert, but I am familiar with the name, and I am familiar with uh, loosely his pace, uh, place in Ghostbusters lore. Yeah, Ghostbusters and and Hollywood lore uh, overall. Yeah, I mean, he was a big well, power player, and still yeah. is uh, to a certain extent, but. Um, I, I seem to recall that I knew his name even before I realized he was involved in Ghostbusters. Like he's, he's, well, uh, I don't know how old he is, but but let's just say he's he, he's he's cemented a place as, in Hollywood lore as a uh, as as a, a mover and a shaker. Yeah, yeah, and I, I feel like that's kind of why he uh, he was on Marketplace, which is why I'm getting toward this. The NPR uh, show Marketplace had an interview with him because he has a book that he's written about himself called Who is Michael Ovitz? Um, and the funny thing is, you know, I, I, I heard the interview and, you know, I, I know Michael Ovitz being a big agent at CAA and I know that there was a CAA book oh, I don't know, about a year ago that came out that did mention a lot of people that we we recognize. Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, Bill Murray, Ivan Reitman, all of these people were his clients, uh, which yep. uh, at, a certain, at a certain point, it seems to be like a little bit of a Hollywood monopoly when you look at like all of the people in Ghostbusters just happen to be one person's clients. How much <laughs> money did he make on this? 
Um, but that's kind of the point. Uh, that's kind of where uh, Michael Ovitz made his bread and butters. He would package up these movies with all of the um, the writers, the directors, the producers, the stars, all of them being his clients. Then he would go to the studio and say, it's $25 million, make it or break it. Uh, and that's kind of what happened with Ghostbusters. In fact, to the point where there are stories, I don't know if it's necessarily true because you've, you've heard uh, Ivan Reitman say otherwise, but um, John Candy, not a Michael Ovitz client. Hmm. I wonder if that might've had something to do with him not being in the movie. If he couldn't <laughs> get the, the, the payday the, that he wanted because he wasn't a Michael Ovitz. Uh, yeah. Client. Well, but, I mean, the official Reitman bit is that, um, Candy read the script and was not on the same wavelength. He just did not get what it was going for. And he himself uh, sent the script to uh, uh, Moranis and Rick instantly went in that. Yeah. But how much of that might be revisionist? How much of that might yeah. be, you know, uh, may, maybe saving some face for John Candy, uh, who may have been a little embarrassed by not, getting the job because of whatever reason i don't know i mean yeah it, it's all hearsay it's it's not uh, the only people that know are john candy uh and ivan reitman probably but yeah well let's put it this way ivan reitman has um well he's still active in hollywood and let's just say that uh yeah the <laughs> he's also ivan reitman who has never really pulled his punches on anything he does <laughs> doesn't want That's to pull his punches on. So I'm pretty otherwise. sure I'm pretty sure either it's it's yeah, it doesn't solve anything I guess now that yeah. I, I talk about it that I it could be it could just be as he puts it out there or as you say he's he's just sort of you know, why rock that boat when you may need to deal with Michael Ovitz, you know, well, down yeah. the line. Or in John Candy being a friend, you know, maybe uh, creative differences is an, an easier route to take than like well we couldn't get the contract negotiation negotiations to work out. Yeah. But um or so we here, have a massive fight or who knows yeah, exactly maybe they had a falling out um but but anyway so michael ovitz uh b between he and bernie brillstein um you know bernie brillstein being the manager of all of these big comedy legends uh brillstein gray is another fascinating story uh, in hollywood lore uh bernie brillstein had all of the amazing like gilda radner john belushi dan Aykroyd. he had them all in his pocket and Brad Gray came in and he had, uh, you know, your Gary Shandlings and your uh, Jerry Seinfelds and just uh, huge power players. Anyway, so um, so Michael Ovitz is being interviewed for his book, Who is Michael Ovitz on, on Marketplace? And uh, I think what you're going to hear, I'm going to play the five minute clip here. It was a very short segment, but um, he is talking about Ghostbusters, but he is not in, he, he's not mentioning Ghostbusters by name here, but you can, you can totally glom on to the fact that that's that's what he's talking about when he talks about you know it was easy for me to put these creative teams together go to the studio and say make this movie you know i i went in with ivan reitman and i had bill murray and uh, dan Aykroyd already signed up and i could bring in harold ramis and it was a no-brainer for them um so uh so let's let's play this and uh man i'm actually i'm really looking forward to this book because i'm sure there's going to be some great ghostbuster stuff in here so here is uh marketplace's interview with michael ovitz this is marketplace i'm kai rizdal so here's a couple of movies, big movies, as you'll hear, that might never have been made were it not for a guy named Michael Ovitz. Rain Man, Tootsie, Jurassic Park, also Schindler's List. Michael Ovitz grew up over the hills from Hollywood in the San Fernando Valley. Started working in the entertainment business, giving studio tours on Universal's back lot while he was still in high school and eventually became one of the most powerful people in Hollywood. 
CAA, the talent agency that he founded and ran for 20 years, is still a force in town. His new memoir of his life and the business is called Who is Michael Ovitz? Michael Ovitz, thanks for coming into the studio. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So the title of this book, Who is Michael Ovitz? And I'm going to paraphrase you, except in radio-friendly language. Um, (laughs) uh, In a big part of this book, you come off as kind of a jerk. Well, I uh, was pretty honest about what occurred and what was uh, some of the good things that we did, some of the bad things. When you're in a service business, you're in a place where you can't please everybody all the time. You're there to please your specific client and to get their dreams made. And there's fallout along the way. And your role in that equation as as the agent and the dealmaker was what? We were the facilitators, and we came up with this concept of putting creative people together. So if you personally had an idea, we would put you with other creative people to enhance it and then try to create something that gave all the creative people much more leverage against the buyer. Which is which is the innovation and the disruption that CAA brought to this industry, right? You got a writer and an actor and a director and a producer. You packaged them uh, and you got them to the studio. And you had the whole enchilada. Well, the whole concept was to shift the balance of power from the buyer to the seller. And the clients needed that leverage, not just for financial reasons, but for creative reasons. You know, the biggest fights in the entertainment business are creative fights. Mm. A studio wants one ending. The director or actor or writer want another ending. We felt that the creative people were always right. And we felt that they needed to be backed. And we felt that they needed to have the support of an organization behind them, which they hadn't had for a long time. Could you have been um, as successful as you were without the, um, and I think this is your word, obsessiveness, right? You were, you were detail-oriented and, and mission-driven, um, which led to, uh, as, as you say in the book, if, if your funeral was held today, 25,000 people would show up to make sure you were really dead, <laughs> you know? Um, could you could you have been Michael Ovitz without that drive? I, I don't think so. In that time frame, in a really flush economy with the amount of options available, we had to set a stage that we were all-knowing and had the ability to execute and could deliver almost anything. And we couldn't look weak. We couldn't look vulnerable. Could we have done it a little differently? Probably, with a little less of the aggressiveness, but I don't think we would have built the company in the period of time that we did without that push. Uh, A word here about money. Uh, There's a lot of it in this book. Um, uh, You call it a scorecard for success. Um, Does it have to be that way? It doesn't have to be. Everybody has their own definition of what they want. There are a lot of people that do extraordinary things in life where money is a secondary issue. When you grew up the way I did, money became a scorecard. And when you want to, shall we say, get out of the valley, money is a is a pathway to be able to put you in a position to try to make the kind of social change or business change that you'd like to make. It equates with leverage, frankly. As you look at Hollywood today uh, and the Me Too movement and some of the social changes that are happening, um, you're in a position of power in this industry for a really long time. Um, could you have done more in your time in power to make it a better place? Well, we, 
it's really difficult to have these conversations today, looking back 30, 40 years. When we started the business in 74, these issues weren't brought to the surface like they are today. They weren't as apparent. We also didn't allow a lot of the things to occur. We didn't send clients into meetings unescorted. We had 40% of our staff were women. Uh, I think what's happening right now is good for the business. It's been a problem that's been an undercurrent in the business from day one. This is not a new issue. We just, it never came to the surface. Michael Ovitz. The book is called Who Is Michael Ovitz? Michael, thanks a lot. Thank you for having me. Uh, Let's talk about Ghostbusters World, um, because betas are out there in the wild. I've seen a lot of people posting screen grabs. um, That's right. uh, Jason at Ghostbusters News has been posting up some great uh, promo art of all of the ghosts, including a Tristan Jones uh, creation that I know he was really psyched about seeing in the game. Um, Just, It's really cool that people are getting their hands on it and really getting to, to... Take it on a test drive, uh, spin the wheels on it, and 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 get their own say. Um, yeah. The bummer is that, uh, as I understand, it's only for Android right now that people are really getting to do the beta testing. Is that true? Uh, well, this is something uh, I've been trying to figure out um, because Ghostbusters World, uh, you know, put the link out there. Uh, they also mentioned that it's in, and this is where things get a little weird. You post the link uh, to this, you know, place where you can get the Android APK of the beta, and then they say, but it's in a, uh, as you and I talked about, a, a soft launch in uh, restricted territories, and in this case, they said it was uh, New Zealand, Thailand, and Sweden, which is not bad. I mean, those are you know, uh, smartphone using. Uh, um, uh, territories, but they're not that huge. So you put it out there, and people, you know, it, you'll you'll get your bug testing without the wider world seeing it. But uh, then at the same time, the wider world has access to the Android beta. What confused me is that you can't. The only way you really lock it is if it's an Apple release. But the Apple stores uh, in those territories, as such, hadn't hadn't. Uh, uh, weren't listing the game. And then the other thing is that Ghostbusters World spent like an hour responding individually to people asking questions about getting the game, to which they said pre-registration will open soon, which is another head-scratcher. Pre-registration? So, meaning mm. you sign up for the game and then you don't get it? That's weird. How would you pre-register for an app? I don't know. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. If on iTunes for music, you can pre-order and you don't get oh. it until it comes out. So it is possible that so maybe like pre pre-ordering is maybe what they meant. To it's say? not really, but it's free. Well, the, what it's know. free, but you may, like I said, it'd be really interesting if you can go out and call dibs on it before it, you know, it actually goes live. Yeah. Um, somebody also huh. said that when they put the Android APK on. The APK just kind of sets the stage, and then you have to kind of download in the the content. And the content is like one gig in size, which is uh. not inconsiderable. To which I'm wondering then if, again, I haven't really seen this anywhere, but I'm not a, an Apple head, so you know, Apple fans may know better than I do. <laughs> I've only been using an Apple phone for how many years now? I should probably <laughs> learn these things, but 
that it's possible that you know they have this thing of pre-register come get it now but it'll go live later meaning then people can start downloading that content rather than a day one server crasher of everybody trying oh, to download that's interesting. Kind of, stuff I, at a time. I know consoles do that now, right? Where you can mm-hmm. pre-download the game, but you're actually not, you're not able to yep. play it until the launch date. Um, that's been going on for a while. I've yeah. never seen it on phones, but then huh. a, a one gig uh, app is kind of an outlier. Uh, wow, games I, do hit that, but... I mean, having having had a hands-on with it, I feel like I understand why it's a gig because there are a lot of uh, character models and mm-hmm. animations and, um, you know, music, and I, I can see how that can add up pretty quickly. Um, so what we do know, oof. just to recap through my crazy rambling, uh, Android APK, like the beta is out. You, uh, the link is on our pages. Uh, you can go get it. Uh, you can't rent, run it on android tablet i tried uh i was kind of hoping um <laughs> i know it's not um it's not gps ready so i was pretty sure that the thing may have said if not phone do not run and pretty much but i was hoping that i might be able to get it on there and then using my apple to have wi-fi on the go uh, like i was like if it loads up and runs on a wi-fi then i could just use the data on my apple and off i go yeah. sort of thing. but no that didn't work um but that's out there. They, uh, if anybody's listening and you're in Sweden, Thailand, or New Zealand, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, have a look around. What's your gaming news telling you? <laughs> is, is it an Apple and we're just not seeing it yet? Or, because uh, all I can do is uh, online, you can uh, search for Apple has uh, a link maker. So if you want to promote a product on Apple, yeah. you can go type in the thing, what territory, and it'll spit out a link, and you can use that. And it's not there. Uh, and I, there have been times in the past where stuff, I went looking for stuff that I knew was out, and it couldn't find it on the, so it mm. may not be in there yet. Uh, but short of, you know, having a credit card or a gift card in those territories and setting up a new account, I really can't switch over to their store. And yeah, and maybe it's geo-locked, too. It, it, exactly. Because it's tied to such uh, GPS data, it, it suddenly senses that you're not in any of those territories, and it goes, hold up, yep. wait a minute, time out. But so I, if I've seen there, a lot of people know. that have yeah. their hands on it here, probably presumably through the Android uh, yes, format. Yes, all Android users. <laughs> a lot of the same people who complained all previous times when it was out on iPhone, but the Android wasn't out yet. So... <laughs> We'll remember this in the future. No more tears. Uh, no more no. complaining. Yeah. Uh, and then last but not least, there's this 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 mystery pre-reg that we'll, I guess we'll try and figure out. Yeah, Stay let's tuned. try to figure that out. I don't know what that means, but we'll we'll try to, to get to the bottom of it. And if you're feeling left out, if you don't have the beta, don't worry again, because we keep hearing murmurings uh, through the works that you Soon. will not have to wait long for the no. proper release of the game. So uh, uh, sit tight. What we, yeah. What we can see, people are giving us feedback, like people are playing it and posting it and all that sort of thing. It seems to be running pretty good some mystery crashes which is what you get in the wild and that's why you do these things right uh and then the biggest complaint seems to be battery drain and it's like uh if if you turn off the quote-unquote advanced ar which is the uh, you know your trap and the slimer exists yeah, the in a spot yeah uh, yeah that'll do it even even games without sophisticated ar where you were just sort of the game overlaid over the camera yeah, you got your screen running and you've got your uh, your camera running all at the same time. And if you're outside, you probably have the brightness up. So yeah, and it's processing uh, the rendering of all of these, yeah, the lighting, and the shading, and the shadows, and the, all the crazy stuff that it has to games, do. Games games are 
always drain your battery faster than even even yeah. watching Netflix and stuff like that. Games will always eat up the battery. And here you are, game, uh, screen on bright, uh, cameras running. Uh, <laughs> it's like no, it, there's no way around that. That's not a bug. They'll probably you know try to tighten it up as they go, but I, I, I don't I necessarily. Remember, wasn't that like a like a, a Snapchat complaint or something that people were complaining that oh I've been trying to use all these filters and all they do is keep draining my battery and it's like well yeah because it's yeah. real time three D tracking your face and the camera is running <laughs> and rendering on top of it it's like uh, yeah okay, it may be time to have a little discussion about how computers work. <laughs> My phone is getting hot. I don't understand. I don't understand. Computers have a brain and the brain eats electricity. And the more thinking the computer brain does, the more electricity it eats. (laughs) It's basically what it comes down to. Yeah, exactly. That's totally uh, scientific. Go ask a scientist. They'll back me up on that. And I feel uh, like that's one of the only real criticisms that I've heard of. I know IGN did have kind of a critical uh, review that came out just today where they were talking about, well, you know, it's, it's... Pokemon Go and it, it's Ghostbusters. I think their complaint was that it lacked heart, which I'm not entirely sure in an AR game where you're <clears throat> trapping ghosts, uh, how much how much heart you were looking for. But yeah, uh, I mean, Pokemon Go is, yeah, fuzzy, warm and fuzzy and cute. Yeah. Like, so there you go. And two, point of order. We all know what the heart is of a Ghostbusters game. It's Ray. So it's Ray. shut up. As long as you have Ray stance there, you've got plenty of heart. What are you hey, talking about? Hey, Greg Miller. Call up your IGN friends and tell them to go suck an egg. <laughs> tell them to Raise lighten Raise the heart up, of the Ghostbusters. <laughs> ladies, ladies and gentlemen, the heart of Ghostbusters world, Ray Stance. Thank uh, you. Yeah, exactly. So uh, so anyway, so stay tuned. We'll, we'll try to get you, guys, get you guys more information as, as we get it. But um, So let's let's do one more quick follow-up on Ghostbusters Fan Fest. Uh, our chat last week, we had a really lengthy chat for about an hour, which um, we're going to play a voicemail here. We, we swayed somebody, which I really felt good about. Um, <laughs> but uh, so to clarify one uh, actual kind of unfortunate and sad thing that you and I completely completely spaced either yeah. maybe out of wishful thinking uh we got a little too excited i think yeah uh buster jones uh voice of winston uh passed away in 2014 and we we giddily were talking about having a, a voice reunion uh being very um insensitive to the fact that that poor buster passed away uh that so that was i i, I yeah. say that's an honest mistake because it really was I, I had completely forgotten that he passed and a couple people on twitter were kind enough to point it out and uh, you know, uh, I, I felt kind of th- like you get that lump in your throat, like, oh, oh yeah. yeah crap. It's insensitive so much, uh, so much as we just really wanted him to be there. I just wanted him to be there. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Uh, uh and, and in so, fact, because we had talked about the meeting of the Winstons and I got all jazzed about, oh my God, if you had Arsenio Hall and Buster Jones and Ernie Hudson and all three of them together yeah. and and but anyway so uh our our uh sincerest apologies for that uh it was it was an honest mistake we um <laughs> we were just really excited i'm sorry but uh so and and also to follow up so wizard world posted a very lengthy statement to twitter about the deposits uh because we spent a yes. really good chunk of time talking about that um and and it clarifies to the extent of it's basically the same thing that you see when you order but it says uh, hey ghostbusters fans you can now secure priority access to ghostbusters fan fest with a $100 refundable deposit this guarantees your first choice of tickets and packages when they go on sale and the deposits will be fully applied to any ticket or package each priority access deposit guarantees the purchase of one ticket or package to Ghostbusters Fan Fest when they go on sale. And then they reiterate that your deposit is fully refundable should you decide not to proceed after reviewing the opportunity so there is no risk involved. 
Um, so I, that's basically a very good succinct way of basically saying what we said last week for, for 50 plus minutes. Um, yeah, that uh, this is guaranteeing you one ticket some way, somehow, but it's also guarantee guaranteeing you your first choice of tickets. So maybe there yes. is a animation track. Maybe there is a movie track. Maybe there is a cosplay track. I don't know. Maybe there are yeah. different ways, uh, avenues of approaching these tickets and that's what they're trying to, to say here. Yeah, the the more pessimistic among us assume that since it wasn't explicit, that there was the chance that by paying this hundred dollars, that didn't cover entry. You may still have to pay more just to yeah. basically get in. Whereas you and I said that sounds kind of like uh, business suicide, and it would make more sense if the hundred dollars gets you in the door, and then on top of that, first crack of the and that's basically what it is. They yeah. can, they've explicitly now explicitly said that's what it is. If you put yeah. your deposit down, you're in. And and to reiterate something that uh, that came up in our discussion last week, um, this this is their way of saying, look, if you if you guys really want whatever the VIP treatment is, whatever the experience is, um, and you want to guarantee that you have first crack at that, that's basically what this is. Now everybody else will get a crack at it. Uh, whatever those VIP packages, when they have more details on them, um, it does sound like they will be open to the broader public. So it's it. this is just sort of, uh, you want to jump in front of the line. If you want to go grab your wristband and go get a bite to eat and not sleep on the sidewalk, that's what this is. That's what they're saying. So, um, so if, I, I mean, again, uh, it, 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 there's nothing that we really can't say that we didn't say last week. Uh, so we won't get into it too much. But uh, Wizard, Wizard World is out there to answer any questions that you have. So if you do have any concerns, if you have anything, um, about the deposit that you, uh, need clarification on. They're very responsive. Hit them up on, on Twitter and they'll, they'll get back to you. So, uh, check that out. Um, so what I want to do is I want to throw to that voicemail that I was talking about from a longtime listener, Mr. Liver Stealer. Always love just saying his name on the air because it's just kind of morbid, dude. I don't want to wake up on a bathtub full of ice and all of a sudden there's this incision right here in my gut. But anyway, Liver Stealer, <laughs> like- be kind. It's like the world's most unsettling hacker name. <laughs> it really is. But anyway, uh, so let's uh, let's throw it to a liver stealer with his thoughts. Hey, Chris and Troy. This is John in Chicago. You might see me on Twitter as liver stealer. I just listened to your latest podcast. Great as usual. Just a just a just a comment, I guess. You guys were kind of talking a lot about who might be there for FanFest. Um, but you didn't know, mention anyone from the 2016 film. Um, I know I appreciated it for what it was, but of course, um, the original films are always going to be um, near and dear to my heart. But I was just curious if you thought anyone from 2016 will be there at FanFest. Uh, you guys definitely convinced me to pull the trigger on the uh, on the uh, $100 deposit, so I think I'm going to be doing that as soon as I get off the phone. But uh, thanks, guys, for making my drives home uh, so much more enjoyable. Have a good one and see you on the other side. Hey, uh, thanks. Thanks for the kind words. Uh, we we're glad to make your drive home more enjoyable. We're glad to help you spend more money. Uh, one, that's of one of us, one of us as, as has been very clear over the, uh, th- three years. God, how long have we been doing this too long? Um, but, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks liver stealer for always contributing. So, um, so your question about if we think, anyone from answer the call will attend FanFest. I don't know, Chris, what do you, what do you think? Do you think there will be any representation of the 2016 movie there? Uh, yes. I don't know 
in what capacity, but it's in. It's the latest, and it's in. And and certainly has its its fans that are very um you know uh, very enthusiastic. We have a lot yep. of the the Holtzman heads out there that you know I I don't think yep. Kate McKinnon will attend, but uh, I, I know, stranger things have happened. Yeah, I mean we understand. We've discussed this before. We we know there are people out there that did not like it, either subjectively or perhaps slightly more uh, blindly, but whatever say la vie yeah. uh, but at the same time uh, we've always rejected the notion that that's a majority or a universal view because you know you and I sit in kind of the center of watching fans come and go and comment and all that and we know that's not the case so <laughs> it, here's the thing if you've created a fan base of any sort attached to any franchise why would Sony completely cut them out do you know yeah, what i mean like I, I i don't think i don't think that there's going to be a stigma on answer the call i don't think that it's going to be the elephant in the room that nobody is no. talking about now do i think there will explicitly be answer the call panels i don't know me i mean maybe some behind the scenes stuff maybe some of maybe. the visual effects people but here's um, the thing Every, everybody who likes answer the call uh it's it's much easier to say with confidence everybody who likes answer the call likes the original movies yeah it, it oh, doesn't absolutely. it doesn't flow the other way quite so well but the point is is that you can have a little bit of answer the call representation and people who love answer the call maybe even more than the originals are still you know not out in the cold because they will appreciate everything else attached to the yeah. you know the cartoons and the original movies and all that just as much so uh and heck yeah i mean um <laughs> uh, Every convention has at least one or two uh, Holtzmans. I'm I'm kind of hoping this attracts like a crowd. I want to see I want to see like uh, like the Deadpool uh, photo shoots <laughs> at conventions. I want to see a Holtzman. Oh man, I do. I want to see all the, the Holtzmans together. Yeah, like the the, uh, the Leias, the, the, the slave Leias, yeah. and all that sort of thing. I want to see the gathering of the Holtzmans. Uh, I, young and old. Yeah. Uh, That's the other thing. Depending on who they announce, um, man, the chance for uh, the the young fans who love Holtzman and the answer to the call and all that. That's, I mean, parents uh, love to take their kids to, you know, we we don't have a lot of frame of references, so we're going to mention uh, Star Wars Celebration quite yeah. a bit. But, yeah, it's a shared experience for a lot of parents and kids to go to Celebration, and I think we've got a little bit of that happening in our own fandom now for Ghostbusters. That yeah, be absolutely. Yeah. So I, as to what it'll be, I I don't know. Do you want to guess? We're pretty good at this. Do you want to try? I mean, so here here's my guess. And if I were to put a footnote on things, this would be the footnote that I would say is the answer the call contingency that will be there in terms of like actors. If we're talking Kate McKinnon, Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Leslie Jones, uh, it, it would Long be- shots. Long shots, unless, and this is the footnote, unless they are a part of whatever the announcement is that's happening. So if um, yes, if they announce the voice cast for the animated movie and one of them happens to be Kate McKinnon, even if Kate McKinnon is not there, I bet there's like a taped message or yeah, something like that. Uh, that's yep. where I could see them participating, in, even if from afar. It's only a couple of years out and those four, four kind of went through a ringer and yeah, I can't yeah. imagine even if it's regarded as a safe space, any of them is too keen to jump on in. Uh, so I'd put any of them in person at 20%. 
depending on that yeah. number will vary depending on which individual we're talking about. Like M- Melissa McCarthy, five. Yeah, I think Leslie Jones higher percentage because you know sh- she she loves a good social setting uh, as we've she seen her at the Olympics. Setting. And <laughs> she's certainly not afraid of her naysayers. Uh, yeah. Kate, uh, Kate McKinnon, kind of similar, uh, but Kristen Wiig, eh, probably not. She's probably more she's five less than five. Yeah. She's the Rick Moranis of the, of yeah, the group, I think. I, f- I, feel like, I feel like Kristen Wiig has moved on. I feel like she's done. Um, that said, and we have to say that this is with the assumption that there will be some answer the call thing, as opposed to just so we don't skew the numbers. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so on the assumption that there will be answer to the call representation at this thing, 70% Paul Feig. You know, I was going to ask you what you were thinking about Paul Feig. Cause I feel like he would, I feel like he would show up. I feel like he'd love it. Yeah. That's kind of his crowd. He, 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 he keeps talking about how much he loved doing it. He loves what happened. Uh, Yes, there's the negative bits too, yeah. but he seems pretty determined to support the 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 contingent that loves it and not let those who want to be uh, what's the word perennial perennial <laughs> about it. Oh, there's our explicit. Um, beep that out, would you? All right, we can do that. Uh, fix it in post. Um, just not to let it down. And as we've seen that, you know, even in our own community, people who don't like it, <laughs> there's still, by and large, most of them are more than happy to meet fans who have, like, it's not like, it's not red versus blue. And if they got a chance to meet Paul Fee, would probably be very happy to sort of thing. You know what I mean? So Yeah, and I could see I him think, doing a panel of some sort too. Like yes. uh, if they do an iconoclasts where it's like Paul Feig talking to Ivan Reitman or one of those yeah. kind of, yeah, or, you know, God, I, I could actually see Paul well, Feig being a moderator. To be completely honest, I could yes, see, I know I that he's that. starting a movie in the UK right now. So that might be tricky, but... I could well, see him starting showing right up and now, wanting to do something. Yeah, it's not going sh- to take a year to shoot. No, uh, I guess that's true. God, I'm thinking, not only that. Yeah, let's put it this way. I'm not thinking fourth dimension. Filming it now. It exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's Sorry, he doing right just, now, though, Chris? Just, What's he doing right now? He just triggered John Mulaney's uh, the Back to the Future pitch <laughs> in my head. Uh, give me a second here. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah, I. I see that as provided he's not on location somewhere. And actually, let's put it this way. 90% chance he does a video. If he's not showing up, there's a 90% chance there'll be something related to it and he'll do a live video in or pre-recorded or something. Yeah, like a sorry I couldn't be there, but I'm so excited about blah, 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 whatever it ends up being. Because I'm in, you know... Yeah, I'm in Antarctica and I can't make it back. But if he's say in LA edit, and he's in the editing thing, he'll be there. It'll yeah. be added to the schedule that you know for three hours on Saturday. You know he's going to be on the and heck, depending on what he's doing, he he might be five minutes away. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. He, may, he could just he pop be, by and I'm going to step out for some fresh air and sit in on a panel and then I'll be back. God, um, I can. I mean, that's that's the beauty of where they're doing this. Being on the Sony lot, quite literally, anybody could just show up and take a lap for five ten minutes and then yeah. leave. Like if Leslie Jones is in town, she could have a town a town car could drop her off. She could walk around pose for a few photos and then be like peace i'm out and then that's her appearance you know um so um so that's the five principles 
Um, Robin Shelby will be there. We know Robin for a Shelby fact. So absolutely I can say that uh, Lady Slimer herself will be there. <laughs> um, what else? I mean, effects. It'd be nice if there was like a, an old school, new school effects Oh, that panel. would be cool. Yeah. And I think that's a good place for ATC to be represented. Yeah, effects uh, definitely. And we know for Music? a fact that there's actually a couple of people within our community, more than a few actually, that uh, have connections to the the new movie that might actually be able to uh, participate in that sort of thing. But uh um, yeah, I mean, I don't see music being a, a factor. Um, I don't. I don't think Theodore Shapiro would show up for anything. Well, let's put it this way: I think it comes down. Yeah, the music maybe not so much, but uh, I think anything where there is a chance to look at old and new, uh, th- those kind of naturally pair up. So, I think there is room, for example, for the fabricator designers or whatever of, or, and, you know, uh, restorers of the ectos, yeah. the three ectos, yeah. another good place to sit them down and talk about, you know, cause nobody's actually asked the designers of the, the, the ATC ecto one, what was the thought process? Like, cause we all had our, our thinking, right? Like if you made, if you made Ghostbusters in 84 and the ecto one was whatever it was, a 50, 59, nine, yeah. Yeah. yeah, roughly the one in answer to the call is the same age based on 2016 yeah, backwards. Was rela- yeah, was that it, or was there another reason? Is it availability? Is it you know just tell us more about? And again, love or hate the car, fascinating to hear people talk about. That yeah, stuff. I would, that's that's what I I do hope to get out of the fan fest is just some so, behind the scenes stuff for yeah, for fan effects, fest or for answer cars. The call. Yeah, uh, uh, uniforms and costuming. Yeah. Um, and I think, and you know what? Here's the thing. This is something I was thinking about. This is not my final thought. I think this fits in here better. Um, thinking about Cryptozoic's uh, trading cards when they got all those signed cards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, depending on who's in the LA area, and there's, given the people we're talking about, there's probably a decent number of them. All of the extras in Ghostbusters are not quite necessarily at the level that you'll find them at a, um, uh, what's the LA based horror weekend with a, and they, there's, there's signature oh, there's shows like, and all that uh, too, Monster right? Palooza. Monster Palooza and all that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think these people quite have that draw to those things and certainly not at larger conventions, but at a Ghostbusters specific one they would be kings because where else are we going to get to meet, you know, the head librarian or, you know, the, the manager of the Sedgwick, you know what I mean? Like people that, yeah. no, I'm, I, I'm not no, kidding. No, you're absolutely It would be, no, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's so, it's so obvious that I'm, I'm laughing because I'm like, Oh God, why didn't I think of that? Like, uh, Dave Allen, Mr. Kachevsky, like yeah. those types of people, Absolutely, um, positively should be there. Yeah, I'm I'm running on very little sleep, and I suck at names at the best of times. So, unfortunately, I'm just going to use character names and just pretend I. Uh, if I was writing an article, are you thinking I'd about Michael Ensign? Uh, Michael Ensign Michael, Michael from the Sedgwick, uh, yeah. and uh, what's his name? Ghostbusters Two, um, strong psychic sense. Ah! <laughs> oh, this one you have to get. 
I have to. It's gone. It's replaced by David Margiles, and it was like he's gone, unfortunately. Oh, but yeah, exactly. but things like that, like uh, all of them. Uh, like I said, they have their place. We love them. We recognize them. They'll never show up anywhere else necessarily. Oh, no, but at this Ghostbusters thing, if we had a chance to, like, they could hold a panel all on their own with just us asking them. Tell us all about your two-day shoot. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Kurt, I mean, Kurt Fuller. Uh, Kurt would love Fuller. to hear more about. You know, uh, Kurt Fuller is kind of at the higher end, but I, I, I think he's a. I'd put him at a, at a Paul Feigian seventy-five percent too, seventy seventy-five percent. Yeah, I think yeah. he'd show up. Uh, I don't necessarily want to put percentages on the others. Uh, that's a little trickier. Like we don't hear them talk in the press a lot, so we don't really have a sense of what they like and don't like about these things. Um, what's her name? Um, <laughs> we follow on Twitter. And, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so tired. So tough, but you've, uh, you've moved. You you've you've ignored your strong psychic belief here. You've. Yeah. I mean, this is the. You, he, uh, Proton charging lets this guy take over the Twitter account. Well, he didn't this past year because I'm old and tired. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Dunn is his name. Kevin Dunn. Thank you, Kevin Dunn. <laughs> um, uh, Stephen Tuft. Is that right? Help me out. Stephen. T- yeah, yeah. You're talking. You keep the five bucks. I've had it. Uh, yeah. Ruft uh, Tuft. Uh. uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm Let's play Stump the Tired Dads. So here's the one that I'm stuck on. I can't. Th- oh, Jennifer Runyon. Jennifer That's, Runyon, yeah. Yeah. Steve, oh, was, Tash. Tash. Isn't it Stephen Tash? Tash? Yes. Yeah. I had to say Steve Jennifer Tash, Runyon. To get uh, Jennifer out. Runyon. Like, where else are we going to get to talk to them? Again, Jennifer Runyon almost has uh, more of an 80s CV that she could yeah. probably. And I think she does occasionally show up at other you know, uh, uh, movie signature convention type things. Well, I think, but, and, and isn't she married to like Roger Corman's son? I want to say brother. Really? I thought so. She's, That's she's cool. married to somebody related to, to Roger Corman, if I remember. To Roger Corman. But, uh, all of them, like, um, like literally all of them, like the cops that brought Lewis to the door or the guy who played the con yeah. Edison man, right? Like it just, <laughs> Atherton is a 50-50. He's my 50-50. <laughs> eh, maybe William Atherton comes. If he's maybe. in ta- I bet if he's in town. I bet if he's it, in the area, he's not going to make a special trip out, but No. I yeah. think uh, uh 75% drop in drop out on uh Ray Parker Jr. Uh Ray, uh, Ray Parker Jr. I I I put Ray Parker Jr. at a higher percent. Do you think 80 85-90%? He just never seems like a hang with the public kind of guy. I don't, I mean, yeah, but I know he's here. He's local and in town. He's very local. That's true. He's there, just up in the hills there. There will be something. So. Yeah. Or, or if they do end up doing some sort of a musical thing, like we were talking about, maybe yes. they take over the Hollywood Bowl. I, I 100% guarantee he's there. So small, small aside and shout out to, uh, Adriana of the Ontario Ghostbusters who, uh, uh, kind of, well, kind of Canadianly tried to shoot down our dreams. She was very nice about it in a very backhanded sort of way. <laughs> that that uh, we shouldn't uh, hope too much about the live at the Hollywood Bowl 
because they're doing Ghostbusters Live in Toronto. Although you and I did address the fact that it's not like the tubas have to be packed up and hauled to L.A. Just Bernstein has to get himself there. Um, So there's... You have tarnished our dreams, but they're not dead, Adriana. (laughs) It is possible. We have the technology. We're going to water and tend, and we're going to put in the sunlight in the morning, and we're going to see if we can make this dream grow. Hey, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> so here's here's we've we've digressed into this is what we had this is what happened last week where we're like this yeah. is all the stuff that we want this is our wish list um, which is okay and I have a feeling we're going to be doing that until mid April May of oh, next it's not year stop yeah exactly so um, so we, yes uh, we may or may not have the presence of mind to go it's too close to the day of they cannot organize <laughs> yeah. these things anymore. And then and we'll just switch to, you know what would have been good? If they took <laughs> us all to the moon. Hi, guys. Justin from Kansas City. Got a couple of companion films for the uh, Ghostbusters I always watch around the holidays. A couple of them are family-friendly. First, I would say Monster Squad. Second would be Ernest Scared Stupid. And then the uh, third one that's not quite as family-friendly is uh, The Frighteners. Hi, this is Corey calling from Kansas, and I was racking my brain trying to figure out what a good companion movie is for Halloween and Ghostbusters, and then I realized it doesn't matter what movie you pick, because Ghostbusters goes well with anything. If you want to watch something serious like a Halloween movie, you say, all right, let's lighten it up and go with Ghostbusters. If you want to watch a less serious movie like say Hocus Pocus and so serious and watch Ghostbusters Um, so that's my answer is every movie is a good companion to Ghostbusters hey fellas my name's Vince I'm calling out of Kansas City and I'm here to tell you my companion film for Halloween you guys already took the one that I like the most which is the uh, Big Trouble Little China and then uh, my wife is also a big fan of Second Sight. Therefore, it's not just you. So, therefore. Uh, also, to say, the number one film that I'm choosing this year is The Frighteners. Peter Jackson's The Frighteners. Love it. Terrific movie. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, thank you very much. Happy Halloween. Have a nice time. Be safe. And bye for now. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Andrew calling from Ghostbusters Reaper Division, coming to you from Los Angeles, California, calling in with regards to your Halloween movie compendium list. Uh, I've got a pretty long list here, but the uh, ones that I like to work with the most every year, um, some have been added recently, uh, are the ones I'll name off. Uh, not in any order, uh, we have The Exorcist, Poltergeist, The Entity, which is a really great movie if, uh, if you haven't seen it yet. It's one of them. It's an older, uh, you know, paranormal movie uh, where a woman and her family are haunted uh, in their house. Uh, great special effects for the year. Highly recommend that one. Uh, we have The Conjuring. Uh, any of the Insidious movies. Uh, obviously, Ghostbusters Part One or Two. Um, and I only say that because of the fact that uh, their creep and scare factor, I would say, are a little bit different um, compared to the newer ATC. Uh, you know, their special effects were live and uh, 
you know, real, you know, you can touch and feel them, so the scare was a little bit different, in my opinion. Um, CGI just kind of, kind of gets to me a little bit. Uh, no hate on the third part, but one and two just have a little bit of a different factor in them. Uh, the Craft, and lastly, The Shining. Um, of course, the original, um, and that would be my list. So, of course, uh, a paranormal spook kind of haunt theme going on there, but of course, uh, being Ghostbusters, what else would you expect? What's up, guys? This is Sam from the Wisconsin Ghostbusters. I'm calling with my IGT submission. This is my first time calling the answering machine, and all I can hope is that it's actually an answering machine with a tiny cassette tape. And the way you guys are keeping this voicemail alive is by scouring the world, looking for these tiny cassette tapes. And every time you have, like, a good one, you have to save that cassette tape. So it's one less cassette tape that is going to keep this answering machine alive. Uh, I'm going to try not to ramble too much. (laughs) Anyway, so my submission, my Halloween companion is 1985's The Midnight Hour, starring Sherry Belafonte and LeVar Burton. It is everything that you would want out of a TV special at that time. Got vampires and werewolves and zombies. And if you're sitting there thinking, like, I ain't going to watch that trash because it probably doesn't even have a musical number halfway through, well, my friends, think again because it absolutely has a song and dance halfway through the movie sherry belafonte at a party just breaks out and everybody joins in on a dance uh so that's what i got that is my halloween staple i watch it every year with my family my children and my favorite part is just the fact that the werewolf is completely batshit crazy and is just always like flailing around doing weird movements that i'm doing in my truck right now and you guys can't see me <laughs> all right I, I also don't sleep very often i have i have kids and, and i haven't slept in 10 years so forgive me if i'm a little weird uh that's all i got for you happy halloween you guys are awesome keep it up All right, uh, I think, Chris, you and I can hands down, uh, without a doubt, uh, claim or proclaim Sam from the Wisconsin Ghostbusters the victor, not just because of his funny voicemail, because props to you for uh, giving us good quality audio content here for the podcast, yeah. sir. Uh, but, dude, you're Midnight dead. Hour? I'm dying. Da, 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 da. That song's <laughs> stuck in my head, like going back to whenever that ran in the 80s. I, I remember this. I, I had like vague, uh, uh, f- fuzzy memories of this movie. And then after after Sam called and left the voicemail, I went and it's it's all on YouTube. The it's best on part YouTube, about it is one hundred percent of the movie is on YouTube. And I remembered probably ninety percent of it, maybe eighty five percent of it. I it was one of those that I don't know why it stuck in my head. It is it is pretty out of control, crazy. Uh, but it also really works with Ghostbusters. He's absolutely yeah. right. Like that same kind of like 1985 vibe carries through the, uh, the heightened like uh, uh, monsters and it, all of it just, it works so well. That's, that's why Sam is the winner because, uh, midnight <laughs> hours, one of those where I, I did not think about it quite honestly until he yeah. left us that voicemail. And then I thought, Oh, Oh, it's, yeah, um, I remember that. 
it takes a little bit of hunting to find. It's it was a it was made for TV. Um, on ABC, I, if I remember ABC, correctly, yeah. continuing our ABC TV movie discussion here. As such, it um, it's weird because again, talking about stuff that was made PG, this wasn't really aimed at kids. The era it came out at, it feels almost like somebody said, "What if we made a less gory, more lighthearted?" Nightmare on Elm Street. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's about teenagers, so it has all that stuff of you know, like uh, high schoolers about you know going out and uh, uh, partying and drinking beer and hooking up and all that. So it's kind of got that, but there's no super horror going on. Like Not it's, really. I mean, and it also kind of plays off of of the thriller music video in a few instances. Like, yeah, the, at, at one point they're like their cheerleader costumes are one hundred percent like somebody watched John Landis's video and was like, yeah, just just do that, just do I, that. I just want to do that. Um, it um, it's got that one good song, Sherry Belfonte, uh, who is one of the teenagers, I believe. And she's descendant from, like it's it's a it was very interesting too. Like there's uh, the 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 idea is that it's a small town New England. Uh, all small towns New England have some sort of Salem esque past with witches, yeah. uh, and the curse of this past witch takes over the town. Um, seems to turn most of the kids into creatures and monsters but that doesn't stop them from having like a dance party <laughs> like uh, lavar burton gets turned into a vampire for a right. bit it's yeah. um uh it's a very strange one and it is really uh really good and the funny part is actually 1985 it's the year after ghostbusters so it's it's yeah, very trying, era appropriate yeah really trying to 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 cash in on that um, on that tone there i um, vaguely remember dick van patten being super creepy for some reason in that movie too um uh, peter deloise is in it uh, yeah yeah he's one of the the kids um kevin mccarthy is in it um dick van patten's in it oh this is such a yeah, tv dick, uh, yeah yeah uh, and I believe one of them. Oh God, Sheila Larkin. Yeah, there's oh, so many. Kurt Kurtwood Smith was in Kurtwood, it. Kurtwood yeah. Smith is the the dad to one of the kids, and he's the chief he's like, of police. Yeah, I was gonna say he's like the cop, isn't he? Yeah, uh, it's, um, it's a great. There's a great bit of him. It's like like stepping out into the town square, and you know, pumpkins and leaves and kids in costume. But anyway, he's like Halloween. <laughs> My least favorite time of the year. Like it's just <laughs> in in ways that only he could do. Exactly. Um, now, for for those of you that are out there listening too, there there was another interesting rabbit hole that I went down again, having revisited this film for the first time in pr- thirty five years, probably. Um, was uh, I was like, who who did they get to do this movie? When you're watching it, it's like it feels very John Landis. It feels kind of in that vein. Uh, maybe on the verge of being kind of a, a, a fledgling trauma director or somebody too. It's, it's kind of got that kind of a vibe. I know where you're going. Um, so, so I'm like, who, who did they get to direct this thinking it was going to be somebody totally crazy, but unbelievably to my surprise, uh, Jack Bender, who directed some of the most memorable uh, episodes of Lost and, Uh uh, uh, Sopranos and Alias. 
alias yeah i mean he's he's of that sort of jj abrams crew yeah uh, this was one of his first directing projects like he, right. he had done a few episodic tv shows before this but then uh this this was kind of like one of his big like all right kid let's see what you can do um and it's unbelievable to think of like this guy whatever lost started 2000 five six when did lost Something actually like start yeah. somewhere in there so uh you know taking him a good you know 20 some years to get to a point where he's directing these big budget things for jj abrams yeah i talk about a dude paying his dues but then now i want to go back and revisit it knowing that fact like seeing how this was kind of his film school and how he treated a lot of these things um but yeah i i just I, again uh, is it any wonder why you're the winner here, Sam? Like this was a really good poll, dude. So, yeah. uh, so here's, here's the thing, Sam, uh, you are our winner. Um, but the one thing that you didn't do in your very creative, awesome voicemail is, uh, we don't have metadata on our tiny little cassette tapes that you mentioned. Um, so I don't know how to get in touch with you. So if you're out there and you're listening, uh, hit us up with your contact info so that we can send you your, your prize package. That's, that's uh, the one we, you have. To, you have one extra step because of that. Good picks. All good, good, good picks. picks. Did Andrew. we miss any? Uh, no, that that was that was, that was all it. of them. Okay. Uh, but uh, so yeah. So Sam, reach out to us. Give us your contact info so we can get you your prize. Uh, thank you again, everybody, for calling in on your voicemails. If you still have uh, movies, that voicemail line is always open. Uh, we'll we'll find an excuse to send you some some cool free stuff if you have a good uh, pick. So hit us up pick, on the voicemail. Uh, yeah. Send it in anyways, because uh, it's almost that time of year where I'm going to be yeah, putting together the Halloween on the mix, mix uh, tape yeah. there. Uh, and I, I was listening back to the old ones, and I do love it every time I get to move to like a trailer. I love listening to trailers. Yeah. And like I said, all these suggestions are going to get uh, sampled in there, definitely. Um, and if you want to get yours in there, do it. Because yeah. I, think, I think what happens every time we do this... Uh, sort of like finding out that I'm not the only person that watched Second Sight. I like that we're kind of sloshing around our uh, uh, what we love uh, and the things we like and sharing them and all. It's kind of fun to like. We all know we love Ghostbusters, but yeah. stuff close to, but not necessarily a given that everybody's seen the same stuff. It's nice to recommend uh, these. Little, oh God, Midnight Hour. If you like, I said it's yeah. on YouTube. You, 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 I'm glad you showed where I was there. Cause I'm like, I had to torrent it way back when it was not, it was not up there. And, uh, and, and, and the version on YouTube, I mean, uh, again, not to really promote piracy, but the version that on is on YouTube is really clean. Like somebody found a three quarter inch, uh, broadcast master of this and put it up on YouTube. It's really good. I think <laughs> it did have a limited DVD release. Oh, maybe. Okay. That would make sense. Yeah. Cause it, it looks clean enough to have been like a digitized, uh, something or other but it's uh uh yeah so it's a um, site it is absolutely a site check check it out take take sam's advice and check Don't it wait out another minute pick up your phone and call the professionals go, 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 go stoppers. i'm sorry we'll do it again we want to hear from you leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742 that's 4702-GBHQIC we also have a facebook page and twitter accounts Friend is dead. no kidding just give me the address Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> 
you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. All right, Chris, uh, you did say that you uh, you had marked down a final thought, but then I think you may have used it. Do you, no, I didn't do use you it. Have, you didn't. Okay, all right. What, no. do you got to, what do you got for your final thoughts well, this, then? This popped up uh, earlier today. I was like, I should think of my final thought. And then I got busy and uh, pulled on to other stuff. <laughs> As and never often got happens. Back. But we were talking about like the, the people repainting the Kenners, and, and it got me thinking that, I mean, I've been doing this long enough that I've seen the fan stuff that's out there and I think and this kind of goes back to we were talking last time to that Bustin makes me feel good short and all that I, I'm seeing an effect in our fandom in a lot of different ways that I see everywhere else um, the simplest way to explain it to you is uh, uh, comic art for example yeah. Um, yeah if you look back at old comics there's great art and it, but quite often it's of its time or um, given how much uh, time was allowed to do stuff, things might have been simpler. But what happens is, is that every generation that comes along sees that, emulates that, learns from that, and ends up getting to do um, more and more and more. So there is a progression of detail and quality. It doesn't diminish like Jack Kirby or, or Kurt Swan or any of those guys, right? They're classics, they're masters. Those are still amazing things to go back and read. But everybody who saw those guys loved those guys and then incorporated it to there. So there's, it's, it, I mean, I guess you can kind of do it the same way with, uh, you know, a, a second grader now is you know, kind of, uh, learning wise, uh, ahead of the curve compared to like, say a second grader, what, 50 years ago or something like that. Right. Like there is a, I don't know exactly what it is, but there's kind of a, uh, now I take back the school one cause that's a whole other discussion. But <laughs> my point is, is that I've seen it within our fandom too, that, uh, like look at the proton packs and Norm Gagnon's first wooden pack, which everybody and back then thought was the bee's knees. It was an amazing looking pack. Uh, and then people started refining and sharing and, uh, you know, swapping and sharing techniques and all this. And now we're at a point that people can sit down and create a pack that is, well, I mean, what? probably about 15 years ago we surpassed anything that was in the movies if not even further back right like the fans have surpassed what the prop guys were making yeah the technology the it's yeah it's insane yeah yeah and we're at a point now where other stuff will come along 3d printing etc so my final thought here was is that these guys that are uh you know painting the figs the people who are doing their own fan art uh people who are creating uh packs or people who are doing fan films or whatever there's this progression of technology and accessibility to technology and resources plus uh being the new kid you get to look back at everything that came before and cherry pick and learn from right that was amazing i will use that that didn't work i could do that better how did they do that oh i can do that only now my computer is 15 times more powerful all yeah. this sort of thing 
and uh, that that was my final thought. It's kind of I I kind of now wonder uh, if it's this cool now. Where do we end up in in? Uh, I don't think we've hit singularity, but like every time the spirit pack <laughs> stuff comes out and watching people tear those apart and build them back up to be better yeah. and all that, I'm kind of like. Man, I'm wondering where it goes from here that, you know, what do the fans do? I don't know. Another five years of 3D printing. We're not that far away from somebody reworking and rebuilding the Kenner bodies and faces or sculpting their own or doing figures. Like, you know, how far before somebody does like a, a Kenner style, uh, you know, a peck. Uh, that, that's kind of what I... Yeah, I think what got me going is that I'm I, I love packaging, so I'm kind of that guy that did the the Kenner train one and all that was he did the box. Oh, that's what set it off too. Oh, I forgot about those guys. What the heck's their thing called? I think it's more Star Wars stuff, but they did the Slimer the Hut. Oh, did you yeah. see that? That I posted. I did see that. That was really cool. That's a few years old now, and it's well sold out and all that. But the guy basically, you know, did a mashup of Slimer and Jabba the Hut and. Uh, and he went so far as to recreate the Star Wars Kenner uh, box slash card art on one side and the real Ghostbusters card art on the other side. And it was it was Slimer the Hut on the the Slimer, uh, you know, or not Slimer, the Jabba the Hut pad or whatever. It was essentially the, the Star Wars toy, you know, reworked with Slimer on Jabba's body sort of thing. But... Um, yeah, I, that stuff like that just kind of makes my yeah. rambling. I should probably stop now. No, good, good people. <laughs> basically, what it boils down to is good people out there, talented people, creative people doing really good things out there. Um, which yeah. keep, keep, doing, keep it. doing it. Yeah, keep doing it. Oh, because we forgot to mention. Uh, there, that's a capper. Way uh, shout out to the Ghostbusters Italia and our friend. Uh, oh yeah, GB Max. They. Uh, not only did they uh, uh, set a bar and show a bunch of us up with their amazing uh, fan film, uh, boy, they had a full-on uh, premiere. premiere at the theater with the party, and I mean, they really did it yeah. up as if it was a, a big Hollywood premiere. So, uh, yeah, I, I Max it's wore not a out, suit right? and rid of his Ghostbusters suit. It was yeah. adorable. We, we love can, Max. We can't we can't watch it yet, right? It's not out uh, for everybody to watch, is it? Not so far as I know. Yeah. I was going to ask him about that because I think that's the next step. Is everybody's kind of like everybody well, gets I'd to, to see, see it. it? Yeah, exactly. So we'll um, we'll make sure to blast uh, everybody out there uh, a link or a, a, an embed or whatever once once it's out there. But um, but uh, yeah, all right. Well, we are we're running super long this week, so we're going <laughs> to cut it here. But we're gonna cut uh, here. Troy has to go cut down my rambling by twenty five percent. But. Uh, uh, yeah, thanks again for everybody for calling in. And uh, Sam, make sure to give us your contact info, buddy. <laughs> and until next week, we'll see you all on the other side. Who you gonna call? We thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. It used to be one of my two favorite shows. Anything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Oh. Next week, though, Hairless Pets. Weird. Who's so